Thank you for listening to the Conform to Christ podcast, where we aim to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. I'm Jay Jones, and I'm here, as always, with George Mays. What's up, George? Here we are again. Here we are on a free-for-all Friday, recording, not just a podcast, but doing a little experiment in here. We've got three cameras going. Uh, no one will probably ever see this video, <laughs> but it's right. an experiment. It's uh, it's the most budget ever video podcast you ever seen in your life. I've got a GoPro camera in here. I've got a. Uh, we may we might have to re- release one clip, one small yeah. clip of this, <laughs> um, and two Galaxy Note phones recording. It's just a test run, yeah, to see what it looks like and uh, to see if we want to do it moving forward. So we'll see. Um, We'll have to. We're probably going to have to make at least a few purchases to make this thing work, and probably get a different room. Yeah, you were you this were really is, struggling. Yeah, I, I was setting all this stuff up, just like hitting the lights and hitting the cameras. You were. Uh, you I, were. I don't even know if this other camera over here is actually recording. Yeah. or not. I, I hope it is. <laughs> yeah, you were. You were uh, grumbling to yourself, <laughs> knocking stuff over. <laughs> My biggest complaint, though, is that you. Uh, you traded out my chair. I'm sorry. It's out there in the hall. It's out like there I, was in the hall. I can, I can and... see it. I'm pining for this chair. Yeah, <laughs> you, you took my comfy chair away, and so I'm sitting here. Well, trying to get comfortable. What do we got today? <clears throat> oh, we got a free for all Friday. Was well, there something you wanted stuff. to ask me though before? Oh, <laughs> you started to ask me, and, and I said, "Well, well let's just hold the questions well, for the podcast." I'm, I, I've all week I've been. Struggling with allergies. Okay. I'm sure people have been looking at me coughing and mm-hmm. thinking I've got the Rona. Yeah. It's definitely allergies. It's a it's ragweed. It's de- it definitely, definitely allergies. Um but I, I I popped in the popped in the old cough drop before we we started recording. So I'm not hacking. Okay. Hopefully. Let's keep it that way. Uh, yeah. Save some editing, <laughs> right? Uh, and I just, I just offhandedly asked you, have you ever tried chewing tobacco before? Because I've got this, I've got this cough drop under my tongue. Uh-huh. Just wondering, it's chewing tobacco ever... flavored? No, no. <laughs> what, what made it? What made you, What made it come to your mind? I don't know. Uh, how does my mind work? I don't Let, know. I'm, I'm thinking okay. about. I'm thinking about baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Throwing in a cough drop. It's, Are you connecting it's, the dots? I used to play baseball. And I'm just asking. I okay. Was just, I was just you, wondering, have you ever tried? I mean, you've been, you played baseball. You've been in the military. That's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of soldiers that chew tobacco, right? In the field, yeah. So let's so see. Was, you uh, guess. So I was just, so I was you, you take a guess and you say, and you guess that I chew tobacco. Have I ever done it? Uh-huh. Not that I, did I ever do it? Have I ever done it? And yeah. when did I do it? When do you think? If I did. Oh, and maybe no, you don't know. You have to take a guess, George. I would I would just make the guess that you have. Okay. That's correct. I would say if I were to guess, I would say it was when you were over in Iraq. That would be incorrect, my friend. Incorrect. Incorrect right. answer. Yeah. No, I uh, I didn't chew a lot, but I did in college. Okay. Yeah. So I went to at, at junior college, I don't know what it is now, but there was no rules in Juco baseball. Really? Yeah. It's like just a free for it's all. like it's like bull, it's like bull Durham. <laughs> okay, there's like there's like they have like they're like they're like not governed I hope it's over. Not, I hope it's not exactly like bull Durham. No, I, it, it really is. Right. And you, so, um, I try. I, I used to occasionally not dip. I never. I never was a fan of that. Okay. Um, but I try. I, I used to sometimes do the old school, 
chewing tobacco. Okay. The leaf kind in your in your cheek. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you uh, would, only you occasionally. Would, you wouldn't like have no. it in your in your lower no. lip. Okay. I, ne- I never. I, I mean, I tried that before. I just never liked it, and it's super addictive. Uh-huh. I think the other is addict- addictive too. Neither one are good for you. This is not, <laughs> right. this, this is not condoning it. Right. <laughs> um, it's just reality. That of course. Right. Um, but I used to wrap it in bubble gum. That's uh that's old school. Okay. Wrapping a bubble gum sitting there last all game. But it's not a recommend. Right. Right, yeah. I have, you know, I talked to my son about this. He's a ball player. There's no tobacco. Yeah, are, you no more, are, you more, uh, are you more a sunflower seed guy or a, a big league chew? Sunflowers. Sunflower, sunflower seeds. seeds. Oh, yeah. Tear it up. Never. Nope, not Iraq. I guess some guys did that stuff. I, I just never got into that. Okay. I, I did, however, try from the first time in my life a Cuban cigar in Iraq. Oh, did you really? That might okay. be of interest to some people. Yeah. Now it was dry as can be. Yeah. <laughs> but uh it was there. Yeah. Yeah. How was it? I mean, I I think it would be good if it was fresh. Okay. Honestly, I don't think it'd be any better than like a Dominican cigar. Just I, you know, I've I think it's I've, a novelty. I've I've smoked a couple of cigars in college. Um that was something that we did uh in the the men's choir that I was in. They did it to loosen up the old voice. Uh, no, it's kind of a at the end of a long tour <laughs> oh, okay. uh, kind of thing. But I never, I, I just never saw the appeal. Yeah, really. Loosen up the old throat, like Spurgeon. I guess. And that's not what he thought. And then what he said, <laughs> like to loosen up the old throat. I, I don't think it works that way. But. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> he he was not a doctor, right? <laughs> no, he was not. Well, today's free for all Friday. We got a few Obvi- things. Obviously, right obviously, no, it's obviously free for all. Yeah. Um, but we do have some things we need to talk about. Yeah. It's um perfect time. I think I told you before, I think I'm gonna title this uh The Pope and Christine Kane. Okay. So there you have the topics of what we're gonna discuss today. Now I spent most of my preparation getting this room ready. Yeah. So I'm depending on you to help guide this conversation. Oh well that's all right. Okay. But, All right. Uh, but if if sure. any people that are watching, if they were like me, they woke up today and their news feed was either on Facebook or Twitter, even just on mainstream news. If you turn on old school cable news, was all about the Pope, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, let me see if I can find it real quick. Okay. Uh, but I had another before we. You got more. I had before we get into like the heavy stuff. Okay, you got. Something I thought that I would. I up. thought that I'd bring in something, a little appetizer, a wet your appetite. All right, let's right? hit me with it. <clears throat> okay, so uh, Pat Robertson. Familiar with Pat Robertson, aren't you? Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. Host yeah. of the Seven Hundred Club. I have no idea how he is still the host of this show. He's yeah. just gone off the rails. Yeah. Over the last, he's he's up there on the TV. He's like the crib keeper. He is. I I hadn't seen a, a picture of him in a while. He's, no one's going to catch that reference. He's getting a little. He's you know the crib fr- keeper. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. You guys can Google. Oh it. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're. <laughs> <laughs> Tobacco, Crip Keeper. Yeah, we're just firing all cylinders today. <laughs> uh, but Pat Robertson, ho- host of the uh, the 700 Club, um, he made a prediction. Yeah. He made a prediction uh, just a couple of days ago, actually. Um, his prediction, he claims that, uh, he, he asked God, how's this all going to How's everything mm-hmm. in 2020 going to turn out? Yeah. And being the the charismatic that he is, mm. he believes that God uh, actually revealed this to him. Okay. 
and he claims that uh, God told him that Donald Trump will absolutely win the upcoming election. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's a shocker that he would think that, right? Um, and uh, he gave a he gave a couple of other uh, little predictions that are going to come out. He, he said he said that Donald Trump is going to win the election hands down. Okay. Um, he, he said it's a given. All right. So, so we'll, see, we'll see about that one. Uh, and then he he uh, he said that uh, after Trump wins the election, there's going to be a period of unrest, unlike uh, what we've never seen before. Okay. There's going to be worse a couple. Than, so worse than the worse, Civil War? Oh, <laughs> Is that what he's getting at? Because that, that would be a great well, time of unrest. You know, he didn't bring that up. That'd he be a, bring that that up. would that would be right. a topper for me. Um, you know. He said that there would be. Uh, He'd be there. There'd be a couple of attempts on uh, on Trump's life. Okay. So a couple of assassination attempts. I would have never guessed that. <clears throat> yeah. Um, then he said that there would be at least five years or more of extraordinary peace on Earth. Okay. So now we're past the next Trump presidency. And then an asteroid is going to strike the Earth. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, he said uh, some some kind of asteroid strike on the globe. Uh, which may bring the uh, the end of the world. May may bring the end of the may. world. This this may we got to keep it. This vague. may bring. <laughs> that's right. Did you know? Like I'm pretty sure. Like all kinds of space objects, call them asteroids. I think they strike the Earth like every year. Well, you know, there's, so that's his out. You know, there's a there is a because he'll be like, oh, I didn't tell you how big it would be. Right, right. It, you know, there's supposed to be an asteroid that that's supposed to hit the Earth the day after the election. Really? Yeah. Okay. We'll see. Yeah. How big? How big are we talking? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to look that up. Yeah. I don't want to though. I don't either. I don't. I don't feel like doing no. that. <laughs> uh, what's interesting is that in 1976, uh, Pat Robertson said the world would end in 1982, and then he wrote a book uh, in 1990 called "The New Millennium" that uh, he predicted that the world would end on April 29th, 2007. Well, that's 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 he's wrong there too because I remember getting my haircut. This is a distinct memory I have. Sitting in the chair, waiting to get my haircut at the PX at Fort Leavenworth, Kansas, not the prison, but the Army post. And so I'm there waiting to get my haircut, and there's a little magazine. It has Pat Robertson in there, and he was selling a Y2K survival kit. And I distinctly remember him saying that the Lord told him the world was going to end in Y2K. And he was selling a survival kit to teach you how to prep for it. Oh, really? This guy, this guy has got a uh, a track record, I yeah. guess you would oh, say. Yeah. yeah. How, how how after all of these things do people still listen to these people? I don't know. It's it's the same with um, people like John Hagee. He's yeah. been he's been a little silent. Yeah, uh, the blood moons. Year. It's interesting. He he was doing the blood moons. You'd think that he'd be all over. 2020, but I haven't heard anything from him. Yeah, hope he's doing all right. He's yeah, he's probably not doing all right after the blood, <laughs> the blood, the blood moon thing had to have crippled him. Yeah, but um, you would think you you would think that people would stop listening to these guys, but um, but they don't. Oh, I, I apologize. The asteroid is predicted to hit the Earth the day before the election. Oh, okay, the day before the election. So maybe that's God's mercy on us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you but, worry about much about predictions? You get oh, no, no, no. Uh, 
one fact checker said that there's uh, the chance of the November second asteroid strike is less than dying from COVID. Okay. So, yeah, and, uh, yeah. What should, what's, so what should, what should the people? What should the people think when they like? What's what's our advice? Well, you not know, that we're the the greatest experts on right, prophecy, men. Right. But um, maybe it'll helpful. <clears throat> like what? Because they'll hear it and they'll be like, "What in the world?" You know, maybe some of them would even could even be potentially drawn into yeah. believing this stuff or thinking about it or getting involved in. Yeah, I mean that's. Uh, I mean it's sensational. Yeah. Right. I mean Hollywood movies are made about this kind of stuff, mm. and so it it it. I don't know. It it um, appeals to our imagination. Mm-hmm. I think that's why the Left Behind books were so successful because they're not they're not well written, right? Um, even I mean, just ignoring the theology, just from a literary standpoint, they're they're, they're atrocious, yeah, uh, as far as it goes, uh, fiction wise. But uh, I I think it just appeals to our imagination. But it, we always go back to the scripture, right? And Jesus yeah. told we... us Jesus told us about the end, yeah. And um, even if we even if we come to different conclusions regarding eschatology, as yeah. you and I do, mm. we still would say Jesus said that no one knows the day or the hour. Right. He doesn't even know. He says in right. his in his humility as the incarnate right. Messiah, he doesn't. He didn't even know uh-huh. when it was supposed to come. Right. Um, and so when you you've got these guys that are not just giving years, but they're giving precise dates. Yeah, crazy. Not great. The thing is to just to live every day as if it's today. Yeah. That's that's the idea that Jesus gives. Right. He has a parable of uh, the the uh, the lamps. Yeah. Right. In the I old... mean, if, yeah. You look at and... you look at Matthew chapter twenty five. Oh. E- even after even after the Olivet discourse in Matthew twenty four, where he's giving yeah. signs. I I wouldn't say of of the the the, the end, but the period of time between yeah. the first and second coming are going to be periods of war and rumors of war, and there's going to be there's going to be um, you know famines and droughts. And, and this and, descri- and this describes the period from his uh, when he ascended to when he's going to return. Right. We don't let's not jump all the way into it, or we'll spend the whole. Podcast oh yeah, yeah, on I it. know. But yeah. the idea that he gives when he talks about this is that. Um, you need to be ready. Yeah, right. You don't get caught up on the, the details of precisely when it's going to happen, right? But you can know maybe in a very general way and um, be ready as if it's today, right? It's it's coming when you least expect it. The right. thief in the night, mm. um, you know. So not to uh, not to. I don't give any credence to these predictions right. from people, especially people like Pat Robertson. Yeah, um, he's he's wacko on multiple levels. Yes, that's for sure. And uh, he <laughs> he just recently called uh, uh, he called young Earthers idiots. Yeah. Um. I I saw a meme a long time ago. It was a picture of Pat Robertson's face. Pat Robertson calls. Calls uh, young Earthers uh, idiots, but is Pat Robertson? <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, this is one day when we get there. This is a type of thing I'd like to have a screen. Back have a little here, screen with the and actual... then I can pull it up and people can see it. That, that would, would be, be that'd, that'd be, be fun. fun. Yeah, that'd be that'd be. Oh, uh, those fun. are dreams I have. Yeah, <laughs> dream big, Jay. Dreams I have. This, dream these are the big. Other people they've got their producers and their their nice cameras and 
you've got me. We've got each other. We, we just we're rolling here. Yeah. Um, what are we like? We're like the Tampa. We're like Tampa Bay. We're like the underdogs. Yeah. Not a big budget, but we do the best with what we got. Right. And you have no idea what that is if you don't watch baseball. But let's move it on into the okay. next. Okay. All right. All right. What do we got? What's up next? Well, uh, like you said, coming back to uh, coming back to our original topic, if you open up your uh, social media, you're probably going to see the headline: Pope Francis endorses same-sex civil unions for the first time as pontiff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, can we preface this just off the off chance that there's Catholics listening? Hey, maybe just share this with Catholic people. Yeah. Um, let's give a um, maybe just an understanding of. Uh, well, we can take it back to Luther, right? So it's Reformation Month, but yeah. we obviously are not in submission to the Pope, <clears throat> right? We're Reformed Baptist. It's kind of it's in the name. Um, what's what's our position on the Pope? Um, and maybe we start with with Luther, right? So the um, we talked about this last time. Luther at the Diet of Worms. You like that accent? I like that. Um, that's where he was brought before <coughs> Church Council and. He was asked, are these your writings? Remember we talked about that? Right. And he's writing on justification. He's writing on all kinds of things that are contrary to the teaching of the Pope papacy. And he's told to he needs to recant, right? Um, and they're like, are these yours? Will you recant? Yes or no? And he says to them, unless I am convinced by the testimony of scriptures or by clear reason— for I do not trust either in the Pope nor in councils alone, since it is well known that they have often erred and contradicted themselves. I am bound by the Scriptures. I have quoted, and my conscience is captive to the Word of God. I cannot and I will not recant anything, since it's neither safe nor right to go against conscience. God help me. So the, the phrase to focus in on that's relevant for what we're talking about is since popes and councils have often erred and contradicted themselves. So if you're a Roman Catholic and you wake up today, and you're actually a Roman Catholic, like not a Biden Catholic, <laughs> right. right, or a Pelosi Catholic, but a <laughs> right. Catholic that actually tries to teach to the traditions uh, and the teachings of the Catholic Church, you may be in shock to find that your pope seems to be contradicting 2,000 years of popes <laughs> and church tradition right. and the Bible. Um and so what do, what are they to make of that, and how does that fit into uh, Reformation Month? Well, <coughs> try not to cough all over. Okay. All over you. I'm not going to be able to edit it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was hoping you'd bring in the 1689, and I see that you have. I have the 1689. I do. Yep. Um, I was looking for some quotes from Martin Luther about the about the Pope, because... He did not have kind things to say about the Pope. Right, yeah. Um, and, and this isn't a new thing. This, I guess we can say this. Martin Luther picked up on this um, way back in the Reformation uh, yeah. in 1517, uh, and he's saying popes have often contradicted themselves and erred. Yeah. And the teaching of the Church is the popes have never contradicted themselves right. or erred in any way, nor can they. Um, and, and Luther picked up on it. And it's still here today. I mean, it's so blatantly obvious that 
the person who's leading the church as the pope is going directly against Catholic teaching. Yeah. Uh, let me let me read what the 1689 Second London Baptist Confession of Faith All right. has to say. This is the this is the um, the opinion of Baptist stretching all the way back to the 17th century. This is uh, chapter 26 of the church, paragraph 4. Uh, it says, The Lord Jesus Christ is the head of the church, in whom by the appointment of the Father all power for the calling, institution, order, or government of the church is invested in a supreme and sovereign manner. Neither can the Pope of Rome in any sense be head thereof, but is that Antichrist, that man of sin and son of perdition that exalts himself in the church against Christ and all that is called God, whom the Lord shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Okay. <clears throat> all right, so... That may come as a shocker, that one phrase that you read. Yeah, right. Um, that the, do you, do, the, are they trying to say the Pope is the Antichrist? Yeah, yeah. They would... Um, that was the... That was the opinion of most of the reformers is that the Pope is the man of sin, but, spoken of in Second Thessalonians chapter two. But it transfers down through the office, right? Not right. like not like the person that right, was right, alive, right, right? And that guy died, they, so that's gone. Yeah, yeah. They, they saw they yeah. saw the office, the office of Pope as the man of sin, and yeah. whoever is in that position is the man of sin, the man of lawlessness at that time. Yeah. Um, now, we, we probably would disagree on the exact wording of the 1689. Mm -hmm. I, think the, I think the American version of the Westminster Confession, which is very similar to the 1689, I think they removed that phrase really? from the American version of the Westminster, I believe. Okay. Um, I, I, think, I think that I would say that uh, the Pope is an antichrist and mm -hmm. that's another that's another episode that we could do talking about there's many antichrists according to first john chapter two um but he teaches he teaches contrary to the scripture and right. so he would be an, an antichrist he's in opposition to christ uh the problem is as the 1689 points out that christ is the head of the church yeah he is he is the head of his body, the church. That's found all over the New Testament, right? Mm -hmm. But here comes the Pope, and the Catholic Church says the Pope is the head of the church. Yeah, uh, The Pope is called the Vicar of Christ. What, what does vicar mean? It means representative. That's right. Right? Um, but uh, Christ himself said that he was going to send his own representative for the church, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, so, and you've been teaching through this final discourse Yes. Uh, who is the who is the representative? Yeah, it's it's Jesus, um, who who is the true vine. Yeah. Um, and I think this makes it ex it's explicitly stated not only just in the Gospels, but it's it's all over Paul's epistles. And he's Andy, the head, and he and he sends his he sends his Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right. Like here here is I'm sending another counselor. Uh huh. A Holy Spirit. Um. He's the he is the the representative mm -hmm. here on earth while Christ has ascended to heaven. Yeah. Right. Uh, but the Pope is also called the Holy Father. Yeah. He's, he's so, Father. so here you put these together, the Holy Father, he's, he's, he claims to be the head of the church. He claims to be the vicar of Christ, the representative uh, on earth. The Pope blasphemes the Trinity. Mm. Yeah. In his, in his, these three titles alone, he is 
blaspheming the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Yeah, I tried and, cla- to, and claiming to be in that position. I tried to find. I had a good teaching on this that I did a couple of Reformation days. It's been years now. I can't find any of it though. Um, so I could have gone into great detail about these titles because there's more yeah. than that. There's, oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. There's several titles. He's called another interesting, strange title for the Pope. Oh, what is it? It has to do with being like. Um, it comes from the secular Roman world. It doesn't come from the Christian Church. Um, Pontiff Maximus, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And that that was a secular position in the pagan the pagan world, right? And so they they took it over as their own. Yeah. Uh, but there's all kinds of. I mean, there's tons of them. Yeah. But the, each title, in its own way, undermines uh, ministry of Christ or or the Trinity. But the the Pope is the one that um, holds the keys to the kingdom. Um, it's it's by his authority that people can go to heaven, right? Right. We we go back to the indulgences that we talked about last last week, and uh, one of Luther's one of Luther's theses in the ninety five theses um, was if the Pope has the authority to grant liberation from purgatory to heaven why doesn't he just do it yeah why do you have to pay why yeah. you got to give money right to be released from purgatory if the right. pope has the authority if he has the power in himself as the head of the church as as the rock going back to Matthew right. 16 why doesn't he just do it so here's a this is a good a good idea to help us to understand what the pope has just done and and really trying to alter he's altering church tradition that's what he's done he's, so he is he's uh, he's altering church tradition so that should that should bother any any roman catholic but he also is going against scripture and that should yes. bother every christian now if not corrected here's what i'm saying if not corrected in a thousand years it will be taken as church tradition and error free his position now on homosexuality. Right. Now, the like, reason I brought that up is because the treasury of merit, mm-hmm. which the Reformation, you know, that's we talked about the last time in detail, right. but uh, the Pope believes he has access to this thing called the treasury of merit. Right. That Jesus did more than what was required of him in his life. So the extra grace goes to like this bank in heaven where this extra grace is kept. But not only that, the apostles and all the Christians through time, the saints, if they did anything more than what was required, their grace gets deposited there. The Pope's got the key to this place. He can take that, uh, I'm being metaphorical, right? He can take that extra grace and he can give it to you, which will progress you in your Christian life and take years off of your time in purgatory. Um, Again, so this is pure church tradition that has no basis in scriptures whatsoever. But sometime in church history, uh, it began to be taught as church tradition. Mm -hmm. So why I'm connecting the dots here is because if this pope's not corrected, um, this will become church tradition in the Roman Catholic Church. So let me let me just actually read what he said, okay. so that he's accurately um, depicted. Okay, uh, this is um, this was found in an interview from a documentary called Francesco, which premiered Wednesday at the Rome Film Festival. Mm. All right, so he's being interviewed. And he's talking about all kinds of issues. He already is uh, big on the environment and poverty and and immigration and and all of that. Uh, But he said this. He said, homosexual people have the right to be in a family. They are children of God. 
You can't kick someone out of a family nor make their life miserable for this. What we have to have is a civil union law. That way they are legally covered. So he's he's not endorsing same-sex marriage. He's endorsing civil union. But for us, that's just that's just quibbling over right. <laughs> over words, right? Um, he what he's I guess what he's trying to endorse is um, homosexuals having the same rights as married couples. Mm-hmm. Uh, to which we would say they don't. Right. They don't. You can't do should, it. With, they shouldn't have those. Yeah, you they can't. shouldn't have those same rights because marriage right. is between a man and a woman. Yeah, you can't do it without totally redefining what it is to to be in a uh, relation. We just say a covenant. Right. That two people are in covenant with mm-hmm. each other. And so it goes back to the foundations of how God designed the universe again. That's what we always go back to. Right. Marriage is a <clears throat> creation. It's part of the creation covenant, really. Um, and it's foundational. Marriage is one of God's foundations to a thriving society. Let's let's say that, right? right. So when God created the human society, he saw for human flourishing the union of a man and a woman for life, and in that union, the raising of children. And so here's what we have is men redefining that. It's total rebellion. It's outright rebellion against God. Now it may be popular in the culture, um, and it, and some some would even say, "Don't you see that he's trying to be caring and loving?" Um, but in reality, where I where I would just push back is to say, what's loving is to always try to lean society back toward God. Like, society right. is in rebellion and running away from God. Right. At bringing about its own destruction and suffering. And and so when we say, hey, let's pull back toward what God wants, that's not being unloving. That's actually being loving. That's saying there's a better way to live in God's world that brings about greater flourishing. Right. On, I'm talking on macro scales here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like big scales. Right. I mean, when he says homosexual people have a right to be in a family, they are children of God. You can't kick someone out of a family. He's trying to he's trying to open the doors to well, you can't you can't say that a homosexual couple can't be in the church. Right. Like they can't they can't receive the same benefits. Mm. And um we we have a we have a an episode on this. Uh, the Jonathan Errett um, yeah, right, video. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, uh, go, so go back go, and listen to that, and and we'll talk about the fact that not everyone is children of are children of God. Right. That's the whole. Not the everyone. Whole, not everyone has a seat at the table, as Jonathan yeah. Merritt said. The, the world's idea is everyone are are children of God already. Yeah. God helps you to be the best human you can be, but the storyline of the whole Bible is that um, we are separated and isolated from God by our sin. And this isn't just homosexual people, this is all people. Um, Everyone, heterosexual. All people have been separated from their Creator and are not children of God. And what you have by God is a rescue mission where through Christ and Christ's work alone, He's reconciling us and adopting us back into His family. We are becoming children of God because of Christ. Right, with all the benefits that come with it, with being with being a child of God, and so when you when you when you say say that phrase right off the bat, we're all children of God. Again, it sounds good to the culture, it's not theologically accurate, and it undermines 
the entire Bible and undermines the work of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so if you uh, if you are a Protestant, um, you shouldn't be surprised by the Pope's statements, right? Because um, we we already have this this view of him that he already right. is in rebellion, simply as the Pope, um, simply following after the the theology of Rome. Mm-hmm. So don't be surprised by this. Um, if you see family or friends that are also Protestant or in a Protestant denomination, they they don't really know what it means to be a Protestant. Maybe you could use this as a as a, a means to start talking about what are the differences between Roman Catholicism and, and Protestantism, yeah. and maybe maybe start talking about some of that. And if if maybe you are Roman Catholic listening to this, or if you know someone, have a family member or friend who is Roman Catholic, um, this can also be a means for you to open up a conversation about why we we view the Pope the yeah. way that we do, and uh, and get them to start questioning right. some of these things. Why are you why are you so dismayed by what the Pope has said? Why why you see the you see the contradictions? Between what he's saying and what the church has said for two thousand years, right, right. Um, so you can use this as an opportunity to talk to um, your your Roman Catholic friends and family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a, a a good thing to always bring it back to is uh, what happened in response to the Reformation, and this gets back to uh, really the very heart of the issue. In response, the Catholic Church. Uh, convened the Council of Trent, right? I can't remember the exact date on when that started, but it ran for several years. Was it 1523? I can't remember. See if you can find that date. I'll I'll see if I can find the Council of Trent. Okay, well, at the Council of Trent, what came out of that, there are many things that came out of it, but um, most noteworthy is this, that they said, if anyone believes or teaches that salvation is by faith if just that justification is by faith alone let them be anathema let them be damned yeah right uh, th- this this council was held between 1545 and 1563 I was way off and they they did they um, they said if anyone says that justification is by faith alone let him be anathema and that's uh you know Luther nailed his 95 theses on uh October thirty first, fifteen seventeen. Right. But this, this, uh, the Council of Trent is when the reformers said, "Here's a formal, a formal break. Mm-hmm. Like here, here it is. It's official." Because when the the church anathematized the re, the reformers, yeah. and the solas, um, what they said is that the church was actually anathematizing, anathematizing themselves. Yeah, that they, they 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 cut off the the they, Protestants, but the Protestants said when when the the Roman Catholics said that if you if you teach justification by faith alone, you're cut off. Then the Catholic Church cut themselves off. They did, they, yeah. they made it official. They they officially stated that they were opposed to what um, the Scriptures teach. Yeah, and it's not like this is something we have to piece together in a systematic way in the Bible. It's very clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, Galatians, the entire book right. of Galatians, addresses this ish- issue, but here, just starting in Galatians 2.15, uh, or six, we'll start in 16, we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, 
but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ, and not by works of the law, because by works of the law no one will be justified. That is Paul's way of saying you're justified by faith alone. Right. And at the Council of Trent, they anathematized yeah. Paul. <laughs> All right. Like, what, what's going on here? Yeah. And so this is what's behind the Reformation. And so no matter what the church tradition is or what councils or popes say, as Luther said, they often err and contradict themselves. Yep. I like this quote from, from Luther. He said, a simple man with Scripture has more authority than the pope or a council. Right. Yeah. Now that's, that's where we want to go back to is, the, is to sola scriptura. Yeah. So if any person says to you, you can be saved if you do these things. You have all authority to say no, because God says we are not saved by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ, and I'm trusting in Christ alone. And that's great news. I mean, just think about it. If it's not true, like how will you ever know that you've done enough for God to accept you? You could never, you could never know. You could never know. There would always be that lingering doubt. At least for me, there would be. Because I know who I am, really, and I know that I'm not a great person, right? Um, I fail all the time, and so how would I? How could I know? Like maybe I have a good run, right? Maybe I have like a good run, a good a good week or a good month. Uh, but then, but then there's going to be that lingering doubt, you know. But you're not really good enough. Have you really done enough for a perfect God to accept you? And the answer is no. If you're listening, the answer is no. You will never do enough for a perfect God to accept you. This is the heart of the Reformation, that Christ has done everything. There is nothing left for you to do. He did it all. And so you simply just trust in the work of Christ, and that just frees you. You're just freed. When people talk about having a burden lifted... When you realize that Christ has done all of everything for you, now this isn't to deny that after you become a Christian, you don't do works, because you're created by God to do good works that he's predestined you to do. It's something we could talk about some other time, but a Christian will prove themselves by automatically doing good works, right? That it's just something that flows from this new life. So we drilled down on it, and I think we should. Yeah. You know, we should always come back to the work of Christ, and yeah. and we don't we don't get to create any tradition. We don't get to create a tradition at our church. Yeah, church, many churches do. It's not just Catholic churches. Many Protestant churches have their own traditions as well. Well, I was going to ask you this, Jay. Uh, you know, this happened in fifteen seventeen. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking five hundred years ago. Why are we still talking about the Protestant Reformation? Haven't we moved beyond that? Uh, we can never, we can't move beyond it. It's at the very heart. It's the, it's the very, it's the very hinge of. Uh, that's what Luther called it, right? The hinge of the church. It's this is the principle of of everything in the New Testament of what Christ has done. Um, it, it's at the very heart of the gospel, and we can't move beyond it because by nature we fall into a works based form of salvation. That's just what we do. Yeah. And people all the time, we run into them, even if they grew up in the Protestant church, they still have a works-based <clears throat> mentality of salvation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite phrases of the, um, of the, of the Reformation is that the church reformed, always reforming according to the Word of God. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and that brings us to our next topic. Okay. Our next topic. All right. October 14th. Got on Twitter. That's never. I don't know what's that's coming. Ne- that's I'm, never. I'm bra- <laughs> this is me bracing myself. That's never. That's never a. Uh, that's never a good intro, right? Getting on Twitter, you never know what you're going to see. You got JD Greer. You know who JD Greer is, don't you, Jay? I do. He is the president of the Southern Baptist Convention. Right. Yeah. He uh, he tweeted this. There is. This is a quote. Okay. There is no one size fits all approach to disciple making, but there is one call for all disciples of Jesus. If you really want to change the world, this book is for you. It is a book endorsement for his new book. For J.D. Greer's new book? J.D. Greer's new book. Okay. Uh, The book is called uh, What Are You Going to Do? You can... Anyway, you can look it up. What are you going to do? Uh, This book endorsement is by Christine Kane. Okay. Christine Kane. You know who Christine Kane is? I do. that, And they they make strange friends. <laughs> Let's say that. <laughs> um, it's like, is it, J.D. Greer over the past three years, it's like uh, if he's standing on his own um, track record of of being a solid, reputable guy that I could point people to the last three years, here's, it, it kind of reminds me of somebody who's taken like a... a um, an axe and just slowly started chopping his feet off until he's <laughs> right until he's like walking around on we've had some... we've had concerns about southern baptist presidents <laughs> in the past and we we really had high hopes for jd greer because we align with him on so many issues or so we thought uh until he actually became the president and now we see that he's maybe the worst president of the sbc that i can remember in <laughs> in my lifetime uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, so we've got we've got Christine Kane, all right. And people may say, I I have no idea who Christine Kane is, uh, but she's endorsing a book by JD Greer, uh, and he's so, and he is accepting it. He's rubbing shoulders, right? Uh, she she retweets his yeah. he, she retweets his tweet. I was honored to endorse this great book by JD Greer. There's nothing more important than making our one and only life count for eternity. Get your copy today. And he he yeah. comments, thank you, Christine. So we got this. We got. They know each other, right? Well, like, this I, isn't this isn't just some offhand remark. They okay. they know each other. I, I'm gonna so, go. I'm gonna go side side rail for a second. Okay. okay. All of these celebrity Christians, it's like an incestuous. Um, <laughs> I endorse your book. You endorse my book. Thing. It's like a, it's like they have a deal with each other, right? Right. Oh, uh, here's a new book. Uh, who endorsed them? Oh, uh, these people. One, yeah. two, three, four. Oh, this guy writes a book. Oh, this, the same endorsers, and now this guy who wrote this book endorses this guy. They're right. all endorsing each other's same books. It's like they have this uh, big deal with each other. Right. And and I don't even I don't even look at it now. It's like well, I, that's I don't a... even I don't even read I don't even read modern books anymore, George. Yeah. I don't do it. I need I I'm sticking to the old books. There's uh there's a lot going for that uh, because I have a book by JD Greer. Stop asking Jesus into your heart. Mm. Good book. Okay, really like it. Yeah. Um, I would even recommend it for people. Um, but I would not recommend JD Greer. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, the. The, you're, br- uh, you're breaking the eleventh commandment. That's right. That's right. <laughs> the people people don't know what that is. They're listening to the eleventh commandment. You can't criticize people within the Southern Baptist That's Convention. Right. Uh, yeah. Get you blacklisted. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, um, 
I don't even know where I was going, Jay. You, you just you can't endorse. You just him. got me off the. You just got me off the rails. Uh, yeah, yeah. Him. I can't yeah. endorse endorse J D Greer, even though I like this this one book by him. Yeah. But the the uh, the strength of reading, dead guys, is that they're dead, right. right? And you know you know how they finish their life, so you don't have to worry. Yeah. There's there's you know there's uh, a lot of a lot of guys who we would have just five years ago said these are really solid guys they've gone down the woke um trail yeah and now i wouldn't recommend them anymore mm-hmm. even though they wrote really good stuff right back here yeah um so the the strength of reading like the puritans or the reformers or even you know jonathan edwards or uh bb warfield or, or those guys is that you know how they finish their life you know that they're not going to put out something new yeah. that uh, suddenly wrecks their I, i'll tell you whenever i was done with jd Rear, um he had a teaching on romans one oh i don't know was it been something like a year and a half it's probably been at least a year yeah, it's been at least a year. maybe two years it could have been two years man it might have been before we merged because i was still doing elder training if it's the one that you're talking about, if I that I think you're talking about, I think it's only been about a year. Okay, so I had the, we do this elder training, and it's got various components: pastoral ministry, um, theology, sanctification, like all the things you need to to be a faithful pastor. And you know, one of the things is you book endorsements. Yeah, I had to write a good book book endorsement. Is submit the, I had them submit those to me. Nah, that's subpar. That's right. <laughs> Too long. It's got to be short and pithy. Yeah. So uh, learning to teach, right? Right. <laughs> uh, and so J.D. Greer teaches through Romans 1. It's, 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 it's terrible, man. Yeah. It was terrible. Terrible. Um, in fact, I, the best way I could describe the teaching through Romans 1 is trying to remove the offense— so as to curry favor with the world. Yeah. That's the nicest way I can say it, right? Uh, and that just doesn't fly for me, especially after working through John 15, <laughs> right. or, where I come to understand is, that. Is this is this the series where he said that the Bible whispers about sexual sin? That's right. Yeah, that, that's been about a year, yeah. maybe a year and a half ago. The yeah. Bible whispers about sexual sin. Right. And, and so where the Bible where, whispers, yeah. we need to whisper. We need to whisper, right. And his whole point of Romans 1 was not the point of Romans 1. <laughs> right. Like he missed the whole point right. of it all, and so I just I'm gonna do a little experiment. So we have these elders in training that they haven't been to Bible school even for undergrad. They haven't been to seminary. What can a what can a just a, a a regular man armed with the Word of God and basic Bible uh, interpretation skills? So I I had them all all uh, interpret Romans one and bring it bring a teaching forth of it. Mm-hmm. Would you be surprised that all of them got it right? Because Romans one is so crystal clear, <laughs> right. and none of them interpreted it like J.D. Greer. Yeah, would you, would that shock you? It would not shock me at all. Yeah, it shocked me that J.D. Greer got it so wrong. Yeah, like here's a guy who's pastoring a megachurch. Mm-hmm. He's the he's the president of the Southern Baptist Convention, and and how can you get this <laughs> so wrong? Uh, except that you want to not be offensive. Right. You don't want to offend. the The idea is. If I water this down, and the issue was homosexuality, that's what it was. He was trying to water down. Um, it'll be softer than what Paul made it, because mm-hmm. Paul makes it very explicit. Right. 
It'll be softer than what Paul makes it, and then maybe perhaps that will win some over and they'll accept the gospel. Yeah. Now, he would never phrase it that way, but that's clearly what he was doing. Yeah. Yeah, so here's J.D. Greer. He's written a book, and Christine Kane has endorsed it, and people may say, I, I have no idea who Christine Kane is. Why is this? Why does this matter? Well, it matters because she also is... Um, by by him tweeting this, he's accepting her endorsement. Yeah, right of his book. Um, and Christine Kane is also a major Lifeway. Yeah, that's what author, it's about, man. It's all right? about the Benjamins, dude. Uh, she's got, she's got, she's got. I, I'm reluctant to call it a Bible study, <laughs> but she has studies <laughs> that women can do. Right. At churches, right. I'm sure there are Southern Baptist churches all over the country where the they women are. the women are meeting to study under Christine Kane. Oh yeah, um, for sure. And you may not even know who she is, but you may trust you know whoever's leading your your women's study. They presented this. You may trust Lifeway. I mean, here's I mean, here's Southern Baptist bookstore. Right. Like if they're in if they're selling this, then it must be good. Um. But all you got to do is a quick Google search. Don't, don't trust just, Lifeway. Don't George. trust Lifeway. All you got to do is a quick Google search. Do not trust them. Just just do a quick Google search. Here's my problem, and I'm going to get off on a tangent just like you. <laughs> You're, you don't have a monopoly on going off on hey, tangents, JJ. Let's try something out. When you go on your tangent, look into that camera right there. Look into the camera. So whenever I edit it, it'll, it'll look awesome. Right. <laughs> my problem is there are so many pastors who don't seem to take seriously their charge to protect their church from false teaching. Mm. So you trust the you trust the woman who's in charge of the women's ministry. You trust whoever it is that's saying, "Oh, let's do this. Let's do this." And the, and it's not just Christine Kane. I I've seen this with other curriculum like Sunday school curriculum. Yeah. Um you just trust the person who is presenting it. You know it's coming from Lifeway. You know, a trusted "Quote unquote resource center," mm-hmm. and you don't do any research as yeah. a pastor. Yeah, you don't do any research. That is unacceptable in this day and age. Right, it is unacceptable. Yeah, we live in the the age when you can do a quick Google search and just look up who is this person. You can find anything out about them and you can find actual like videos of their teaching. Uh-huh. You can find out what they believe, who they associate with, who they promote. It's all available immediately. So you just type in Christine Kane mm. uh, into the old Google. Mm. And here it is. It pops up. And guess where she got her education from, Jay? Uh, Christine Kane endorsing JD Greer. JD Greer is gladly accepting this endorsement. She's she's got Bible studies in Southern Baptist churches. She's endorsed by Lifeway. Where'd she get her education? I don't know. Um uh, guessing maybe like uh Jezebel University. Uh, well <laughs> is that a thing? Uh, <laughs> the University of Sydney. Okay. All right. Hillsong College. Okay. I hate to. I hate so super to, legit place. I, yeah, <laughs> I hate to. Uh, I hate to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. 
I mean, if we haven't offended people already, George, I'll just go ahead and It's Reformation them. Month. It's anytime. The, it's anytime. the month that any pastor can offend people, we can, and you'll never even get close to matching pa- Luther. Pa- you'll pa- never get close, so past- let it fly. It's Pastor Appreciation Month. You should just let appreciate what I'm saying. Anytime I see a teacher, especially a woman teacher who's from Australia, mm. red flags immediately go up. Yeah. Immediately, because Hillsong is so influential in Australia. Yeah. And if you don't know what Hillsong is, they are Word of Faith, and they are connected to um, false teachers around the world. Right. We did it. We did a Word of Faith thing on yeah. here before, back in the. Did to scroll through and. But find if you it. if you look at Christine Kane, she is buddy buddies with Joyce Meyer. Yeah, like she has. She said that Joyce Meyer is her spiritual mother. Yeah, yeah. Um, but even worse. You can easily find on YouTube multiple videos of Christine Kane preaching uh-huh. to men. To yeah, men. She's pre- she preaches to men at Bethel. At Bethel. At Bethel. At Bethel in Redding, yeah. California. Okay. And we've we've definitely talked about we have talked Bethel, about Bethel and the, the new Apostolic Reformation movement. Yeah. She is she is word of faith. She is endorsing these. These doctrines. NAR teachers. Uh-huh. She also is a proponent, like Joyce Myers, of this little God theology, mm-hmm. right? Um, of course, all that stuff, like, so people that they're like, well, I encountered her through Lifeway. Well, yeah. they're never going to let her uh, publish that stuff explicitly through Lifeway. Right. You'll only find it, you have to be discerning. You'll only find it in, you'll get little sniffs of it, like a hound dog, yeah. if you're, uh, if you're being, if you're, if you're alert to what's going on. Right. Um, but it's all about the money, man. It's all about the money, and so Lifeway, publish, she pub, they publish her stuff. Yeah, and and for them, again, it's not about what, what's so bad about it is this stuff goes out into the church. Mm-hmm. It's consumed by uh, women and maybe even some men everywhere. So Lifeway's publishing material that undermines the work of a gospel minister. Yeah, my wife, uh, she keeps up with these false teachers because. She is aware of the dangers of, especially those women mm. who are just infiltrating women's Bible studies and and things like that. She sent me a quote from Christine Kane, where she is uh, she says that Mark Batterson is a voice to our generation, and one of my favorite authors, the Circle Maker, will inspire us to dare to pray the kind of prayers that change us and the world around us. So she's endorsing the Circle Maker, yeah. uh, which is super superstitious nonsense, yeah, yeah. which is also what's the, sold by Lifeway. Yeah. So the cir- <laughs> the Circle Maker has more to do with witchcraft than anything in the Bible, right? Um, we could go off on a whole other tangent. Oh, yeah. But just briefly, the idea is if you want God to do something, uh, you follow this intertestamental prophet. Uh, What's his... I can't remember his name. Some strange name. Yeah. Intertestamental prophet. So we would say he's not a prophet because we believe God did not speak from the closing of the Old Testament. about 400 years. Yeah, there was silence until John the Baptist showed up and he starts heralding the Messiah. Mm -hmm. So no prophets. God's not speaking. Right. So he bases an entire book off this intertestamental false prophet um, who's doing witchcraft. This guy would draw circles around himself in the ground, and he'd tell God, like, I'm not getting out of this circle <laughs> right. until you do what I ask you to do. <laughs> Does that sound like anything else in the Bible? That doesn't sound like anything, yeah. right? That sounds like something a two-year-old would do to their parents. That's what it sounds like. Right. 
I'm not going to leave the kitchen floor until you come over here and pick me up. I'm going to throw a fit. <laughs> and so you bet this guy bases an entire book off of this and people lap it up. Yeah. And so they like walk circles around their neighborhood and like claim na- parts of their neighborhood for Jesus. And like, oh, I need that building. I'm going to walk circles around it. Um, it's just, this is witchcraft and nonsense. So I'm just looking at, uh, you know, you Google someone and it says people also search for these these people. Yeah. So the people that are associated with Christine Kane, Beth Moore, shocker. I, I can see the surprise in your yeah. eyes, yeah. Jay. <laughs> Priscilla Schreier, uh, Louis Giglio, Joyce Meyer. Did you say Giglio? Giglio. Is that you say his Giglio. name? Giglio. I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Giglio, man. I don't know. Uh, Steve, <laughs> Stephen Furtick, Paula White, Craig Groeschel, Carl Lentz, Jen Hatmaker, yeah, so we've got uh, got the got the whole whole gang here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah whole so uh, you know, it's it's really frustrating to have the president of the of the SBC um, accept an in- endorsement from a false teacher like this, right? Uh, joyfully. And gladly yeah. receiving, yeah. receiving. Well, it's all this. about the Benjamins. Like I said, yeah. he's got books to sell coming up. Um, well, this one and those in the future. So he'll endorse hers and she'll endorse his. And round and round we go, just, you know, selling that product. Yeah. Lifeway's got to put out. Yeah. Yeah. So just got to be careful. You always got to be careful. You can't, you can't just blindly. I, do I come you, across as cynical? I think we both come across as cynical. <laughs> <laughs> I have a uh, healthy skepticism of the modern evangelical movement. Yeah. Let's say that. No, no way. Yeah, that's probably new to everybody. Yeah, that's, that's but, listen to this podcast. I'll tell you this much. Uh, you know, when I was in seminary, I didn't know any of this stuff. Yeah, and I got the Lifeway Leadership Award. Yeah, and I can honestly tell you, if you could transplant my brain back then. <laughs> I would walk up on stage to get the award and say, I don't accept the award. Don't buy stuff from this store. And I'd walk off. I kid you not. Oh, I... I uh, I'd do it in front of my whole school. I, I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> they, just, they, I, they can't... They, they publish stuff that will ruin you. They'll, it yeah. will ruin your life. The problem is that they've got good stuff and they've got bad stuff, and yeah. there's no distinction between the two, and it's just, it's muddied water, and and it, it is, it's destructive, because someone will walk into Lifeway looking for a, a good Bible study, and uh, you've got something by John Piper, and you've got something by Christine Kane. Mm-hmm. Or T.D. Jakes. Or, or T.D. Jakes, or, you know any number of of these these people and there's no there's no discernment always go back to the scripture be a part of a healthy church and if you don't know who someone is google them and talk to your pastor about it yeah that's right just gets back to the word george you you got to you got to take you got to know the word yeah. right you got to know it you got to read it that way, as soon as you read something, I'm telling you, if you know the word, the Holy Spirit will bring to your mind, and you'll go, hmm, something's not right. Yeah. 
Something's uh, not right. You may not have been trained theologically, but you'll know something's not right and about be, that. And be a member of a healthy church. Mm-hmm. Don't get your teaching from these strangers that just travel around and make money off of these Bible studies. Go to a healthy church and listen to your pastor. And pastors, be faithful. Yeah. Be faithful in the word. Don't That's right. don't get caught up in fads. Don't um you know, don't be a peddler of God's word. Be faithful, teach what it says, and protect your people from false teaching. Good stuff. Well, we need to shut her on down. We've gone for about an hour. Hopefully these cameras have made it. We'll find out yeah. uh, how the experiment goes, and we'll see what happens in the future. But thanks for listening today. Uh, hopefully this was fun. Uh, Free for All Friday is supposed to be a little bit fun. Yeah, but hopefully it also... Um, you learned something and it edified you and it built you up and that is, it's not jiglio it's giglio there you go so I touch right. it <laughs> I got a good laugh you out know. of that you know. <laughs> um, hey like subscribe and share go to Facebook we don't have a we don't have a review yet on Facebook but you can go to our Facebook page Conform to Christ you can be the first to write us a review share with your friends share it directly uh, Facebook is not promoting our stuff i don't know if that's a shocker probably so you've got to share it directly if you want people to see it so thanks so much we hope you have a great weekend and we look forward to talking with you on tuesday and as always hopefully this helps you to become conformed to christ